You're listening to Anchored in Love Podcast, a part of a dream birthed during a season of great personal change, challenge, and circumstance. Anchored in Love was encouraged by my husband, motivated by my mama, and set to serve any willing to listen. Through sharing personal walks of endurance and perseverance, my prayer is that this can become home to anyone who is seeking healing, extended from the hearts of those who are currently experiencing it. I can recall a long conversation on my love seat with my husband a year ago. I sat with my legs crossed over his, playing with pieces of my hair out of nervousness as he listened to my random babblings of an idea, an idea I would later call a dream, as calling it one then felt too ostentatious. After all, who am I that anyone would want to listen to? Who am I that I can venture out and believe I have enough thought-invoking or just purely entertaining moments to share with the world? Still, there I was like a shy schoolgirl with a crush, bashfully sharing my thoughts, reading my scrambled writings, and actually revealing a new part of my heart to my husband. Much to my surprise, he embraced not only me, but also everything I was sharing. Jeremy encouraged me to take this journey and even challenged me to create a podcast, a site, a blog, all of it. I remember him saying, babe, I think you'd be awesome at this and I'll do whatever I can to help. It's going to be a common theme in my sharings, I'm sure. But guys, I truly believe I have the best husband in the world. That was when the idea was validated. It started with little topics and ideas on them, what events of the day would lead me to think about. I've always enjoyed journaling and reflection, and this was more refined, purposeful, and adult way to do so, I thought. Sounds boring, I'm sure. See, even now, I'm a little unsure. Thank you, insecurities. I even reached out to some friends that I wanted to be guests on the show. Even gave them dates, I would get back in touch with them. We would get together, talk on topics for that specific show, and then even selected times to record it a year ago. If you're one of those awesome friends listening now, thanks, and I apologize again for my lack of follow-through. I had an adorable Target dollar section journal labeled Thoughts, filled with random thoughts, notes, and such all dedicated to the purpose of this idea, this blog, this podcast. I thought I was ready. Again, all of that was a year ago. So what happened? I wish I could tell you nothing. I wish I could say that I've spent the last year preparing Anchored in Love, working out and fine-tuning all the details, planning the months to come on professional Excel sheets or something like that. But that would all be a lie. And honestly, just not me. As I mentioned in my blog post, hello, my name is, I'm a little more of a hot mess than that, as overused as a phrase as it may be. See, what really happened, I think, is that I was not preparing Anchored in Love, but rather I was being prepared for it. Life happened, as I like to say. I had that conversation with Jeremy the end of September 2017 on our love seat and made plans for the next two months. But then I found myself in a hospital chair across from my mom and Marquee Cancer Center again. She was told that the cancer was back. Life happened as it always does, and my focus was not lost but shifted to my mother. 
Then, shortly after my mom's re-diagnosis, I remember Jeremy stating very slowly and monotone, Lauren, maybe we should get a pregnancy test. I found out at 13 weeks in, I was pregnant with my second child, and my focus shifted again to my family and my home. Now, that's a lot of big moment shares with little information or background, and I like context, so let's step back again. My mom, mama, nan, ninny, wife, sister, daughter, Miss Owsley, Gina, she was diagnosed with stomach cancer in early 2015. After rounds of chemo, she endured a major surgery where she had her whole stomach removed and then a pseudo one made with parts of her esophagus and intestines the day after I left for my honeymoon, September 2015. Now that's a whole different story of having to leave the country, enjoy the trip of a lifetime while worrying about your mom's life, and when you're not and you're actually enjoying the trip, feeling crazy guilty that night because you were actually enjoying yourself and not worried or sad. Yes, a story for another time. Thankfully, however, her surgery was a success, and slowly I saw my mom regain energy in life like I hadn't seen in quite some time. She was able to be with me for the birth of my first son, even sleeping on my hospital floor because that's just who she is. She was able to guide and support me through my first years of marriage. She was my rock for my second unexpected pregnancy, even while facing her own rediagnosis. But the greatest thing, I was given an opportunity to repair our fractured, or really even missing relationship. See, I used to be so bewildered when I would hear friends speak of, oh, me and my mom? Yeah, we're best friends. Or, yes, my mom is my best friend. Absolutely. That bewilderment turned to pity for a while. I would think, really? (laughs) Your mom? You can't find a friend your own age? And then I stopped my petty defense mechanism, and I realized I was saddened when I heard of such a mother-daughter relationship, because I wanted that too. Praise God for those two years, because I got that. I saw our relationship restored and made anew, and I slowly saw a part of me healed. Life happened. I could go on and on about that healing journey, but this isn't the time. We have to get to know each other a little better for you to fully understand the inner workings of that one. And little by little, I believe that we will. But for now, I'll share one last piece of it. The day after my birthday this year, apparently the day after anything, seems to not be good ones for me, I guess. My mom was admitted back to the hospital for a month and a half where she didn't come home, at least not to our earthly home she didn't. I remember feeling so alone and distant. I thought that the season of married with young children was a little lonely, and I knew my community had thinned, But it wasn't until my mother's visitation and funeral that I saw the reality of my lack of community. And oh, how important community is, even more so in times of struggle. I stood in line with my family at my mom's visitation, shaking the hands, hugging so many people. Thankfully, mom was very loved. We had a huge crowd. All kinds of people were there. But then I turned to my left and right. I saw my brother hugging their close friends, co-workers, old friends who had come, who they stayed in touch with, and even their families. And there I stood, saying, yeah, sure, I remember you, to people I really didn't, or nice to meet you, and thanks for coming, 
every now and then, people I did know, but who were really there for other members of my family. All of these things to a crowd of people, of which none were there out of support for just me. Now that may seem pathetic or dramatic to you, that's fine. But for me, that was the sad reality. My community had not just shrunk, but it felt almost non-existent. All except for close family and literally a handful of friends. Then, a mere 49 days after, I delivered my second child. I went two hours without even seeing him, 12 without ever holding him. I was transported in an ambulance without anybody I knew to a larger hospital where my son was then transported without me because he needed to be in their NICU for a week. All of this without my mom and a limited circle of loved family and friends, a little bit of community. I did have some I could call, but none who I had the same level of non-judgmental transparency I felt I could only share with my mom. Once I was home from all of that, now with a newborn and an 18-month-old, I remember a particularly difficult day of motherhood. I remember standing in my living room, with aching and cracking from nonstop nursing and infant with latching issues. I remember feeling like less of a mother to my toddler because my time was now taken from him. I remember needing my mom. I went to call her out of instinct, I think. Then I remember the crushing reality that while her phone may still ring, it would not be her voice on the other end. Then... I remembered her voice, her voice, her voice recording, the sweet gift she left all of us as family, the recording that she and Jeremy made in her hospital bed, her recountings of each of us children, her love to my father, her gratitude to her mother and sister, and her well-wishings and last do-it-because-I-said-sos <laughs> to each of us through tear-soaked eyes and scratchy, dry voice. Her voice, as she, without fear, awaited her return home to be with the Lord. I hadn't been able to actually listen to mine yet, not the part meant for just me at least. The section just for the family was enough for me so far. That really means that's all I could cry through. I couldn't bear to listen anymore. See, I hate to cry. I hate to look like I'm even about to cry. I hate to feel so deeply the hurts that I bear. And I had cried too much already. But her voice, I needed it this day. I needed it then to get me through and to do it all without neglecting care for my sons. So I listened. I wept, I nodded, and I held on. At one point in it, she spoke of me again as an anchor, though she was and is my anchor. She encouraged me that I can do this, whatever the this is for that day. Mom reminded me that I can withstand the storm, the hurt, the crushing waves, the depths, because she believes me an anchor. See, I don't think she thought I was an anchor out of my own personal strength, but because of who and what I stake myself in. The Lord, my family, my experiences, her. 
She motivated and reminded me of who and whose I am. See, while I had an idea a year ago, I wasn't ready. This year of time has been so difficult that difficult doesn't even seem to touch the true severity of it all. But I believe that when we are inflicted, when we are hurt, when we are damaged, when we are insulted, when we are challenged, whatever it may be, if we do not heal, we cannot properly move forward. In social work, we have a thing called informed consent for the client. I used to describe it as the acknowledgement that while we mean to make things better, they may be difficult at first. And it's not opening an old wound, as many may say, but it's sanitizing the wound to ensure that it may heal properly and then be restored back to function correctly without lasting hurt or pain. The rubbing alcohol may sting, but it ensures lasting relief. I acknowledge now even these words, these memories and experiences are not easy to share, but while they sting momentarily, they help ensure a lasting healing. And a year ago, the one question Jeremy asked me on our love seat that I had no answer for was, what will you call it? What's its main purpose? I had no real response. On that, I was clueless. I couldn't narrow it down to one idea, one purpose, one goal, one aim. But now I hear her voice, my mother's voice. Lauren is an anchor. She is an anchor. And without hesitation, I know this is anchored love. A home to any who are seeking restoration or healing extended from the hearts of people who are currently experiencing it themselves. Welcome, everyone. I aim to encourage you that whatever this is before you, you can and will make it through. Another thing about Lauren, I always called her my anchor. She held things together, whether it was Bible quiz, you could count on her to pull it out, whether it was life, dance, soccer, school. She's an anchor. She's strong. And she's an anchor. God made her an anchor for everybody. And I know it's hard, but you can be that anchor even after I'm gone. And I know that it's hard because you're going to miss me. But I need you to persevere and be that anchor. And it's a lot to ask. But I know that you can do it. You've got it in you. And I've always called you that, told you that, and that's what you are. And I love you for that. I'm going to miss you so much. My, my girl. My one and only girl. <laughs>